You make it sound like an ill-timed fart. I was stabbed. Darren, everyone cries when they're stabbed. There's no shame in that. Hello and welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself. William Shakespeare, I have no bits today, Megan. <laughs> My name is Megan Charlo and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Matthew James Marquez and I use he, him pronouns. And today we are continuing our discussion of Slings and Arrows, the Canadian TV show about Shakespeare. If you listened to last week's episode, you can continue listening. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, listen to last week's episode because I'm not explaining the premise of what we're doing again. Or start now if you like chaos. Yeah, but we're just going to start off with episode four, Outrageous Fortune. Like the slings and arrows of Outrageous Fortune. Ooh. All right, so we pick up where we left off at the end of episode three, post-fight. I mean, it's the morning after. Ellen's house is a f- mess, and... What happens, Megan? What happens? She's got people come to clean it. What What kind of people? Two randos. You asked me if they are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and I said, yeah. And then I thought about it, they really aren't, because they don't betray anyone. Well, specifically, it's our only Latinx representation in this show. Which is also why they're not Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> it's a cleaning lady and her husband who has to drive her to work. A couple things. Why does her husband have to... Because ha- they're a one-car household because they're poor Hispanic people. Or it just gives them someone to talk to and speak in Spanish about how actors are pigs. But it comes across really weird of just like... Very stereotypical. Yeah. Now back at New Burbage, Darren is very angry because he got stabbed. Hence our quotes at the... At the beginning. We find out that Jeffrey is in jail. Basically everyone was put in jail, but Jeffrey was the only one who was kept in jail because he, you know, dressed up in a costume and crashed a party and then dueled someone and stabbed them. Yeah, with this history of mental illness, obviously the cops have to keep you behind. I mean, at least the reasoning is so that a psychologist can talk to him and not just... Oh, yeah, we're putting you in jail, which is, you know, what you'd expect in America. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, and by ranch, I mean theater company, they are trying to deal with this fight that happened. And Anna, bless her soul, has come in on like a Saturday and... She's at the end of her rope at this point, which is more than fair. And Darren Nichols comes in and he starts yelling about how nothing's being done about Jeffrey Tennant, how he should be arrested, even though he's in holding. And Anna just freaking yells at him, which I love because she deserves. She does. She's just so mild mannered all the time. And then she finally gets to say fuck you to Darren. Meanwhile, Richard and Holly are trying to play up the chaos that went down instead of downplaying it, which is what Richard should be doing. Yes, so Richard is doing a bad job having interpersonal relationships in a business because Holly has told him that, you know, the worse the Shakespeare side of the company seems, the easier it's going to be to get rid of Jeffrey and get rid of the Shakespeare aspect of the company. I think it's weird, though, that they want to, like, really get rid of the Shakespeare aspect, considering they'd still call it Shakespeare land. Holly's plan is unclear. Uh, Holly just spreads chaos. Anyway, we cut back to Jeffrey, who makes a joke when a police officer asks him if he wants to commit suicide, which is, I'm sorry, that's a bad call, Jeffrey. It's a bad joke, and then the cop is just like, no, I've seen too many of those. Here's the thing, man. I feel bad for this cop. His son's in clowning school, which is probably expensive. And all cops are bastards, but I feel bad for this guy. But I feel bad for this. You can feel bad for a bastard. Listen, the system does not have a good way to handle suicidal people. Also, we, we gotta be fair. These are Canadian cops. 
I don't know how fucked up their system is. I'm sure a Canadian would tell us plenty of bad police stories. So please, if you're a Canadian, feel free, because I'm curious, but not curious enough to look it up myself. Jack and Kate, I got to talk about them because I like them. Megan, they're really coming out in this rewatch as being really good characters. I just, I mean, I always loved Kate, but their relationship is killing me. They slept in the park last night. They did not have sex, though. And I think it's really good because, like, one, there's a great line because Kate's just like, are you disappointed? And Jack just goes, no, I hate sex. (laughs) As a joke, he's not actually asexual. And then Kate is like, okay, but, like, why would you want to have sex with me? And I feel like that is such an Ophelia thing because it's like, as Laertes says to Ophelia, like, he's a prince. Why a, would he want to be with you? You're just a girl. And so Kate's like, he's a movie star. Why would he want to have sex with me? And it's such an Ophelia mindset. And anyways, they have some casual fat phobia. Yeah, he used to be fat, apparently, as a kid. And they bring it up multiple times. And then the response is just like, you were such a loser. Wow, being fat is a judgment on your character. He also had braces. Wow. Maybe if it wasn't braces and fat, she'd just be like, wow, you must have been lazy because we'll still have fat phobia. (laughs) Ellen is a bad partner. Sloane has a race. Ellen is like, oh, you're thingy I don't care about. She's like, Sloane, come have sex with me. And he's like, I don't do that on race days because I can't. Like, and she doesn't, she doesn't care. And I'm well, like, 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 let's run down the bad things that Ellen does in this scene. So Sloane comes by to check in on her and sees that the place is a mess. He tries to speak Spanish with the... It's very... Slo- you know, this rewatch, this rewatch is all about the relationship between Jack and Kate and Sloane. And Sloane. Sloane is good. So Ellen says nothing important was broke. And he points out that a ceramic pig that he bought her broke in the fight. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, darn. So she didn't really care. Two is the thing about the race day. Like, one, she calls it your race thingy. Like, she doesn't even know what it is. And she doesn't respect his rule of no sex on race days. And three, Megan. Well, that's four now. Four, Megan. Sloane kisses her and says that he loves her. And she... Says nothing. No, she doesn't say nothing, Megan. Wait, what did she say? She says, Jeffrey Tennant was the one who came in and broke up the place. Yeah. So she... Distracts from not saying it. By sicking Sloane on Jeffrey, because... Like, at least Gertrude... (laughs) At least Gertrude Uh... won, Megan. Gertrude doesn't do anything. Uh... The first time Gertrude has any agency is when she calls Hamlet to her room. Moving on. (laughs) I do need to mention something, though. Yeah. One of my favorite Sloan things is when he tries to act macho, because it's so funny, because he's such a sweet, sweet boy. Yeah, he's a himbo. And then he'll just say things like, I'm your man. I want to protect you, fucking A. He came in our house? Our house. You haven't been here that long, man. It's not your house. Uh, Sloan's great. Pro Sloan podcast. While he's in jail, Oliver, well, one, Jeffrey thinks that someone else is in the cell, but it's Oliver. And so the cops are like, what is this guy's problem? And then Oliver says something to Jeffrey. I didn't care to write that down. But Jeffrey says, tis a cruelty to load a falling man, which is from Henry VIII. Oh, Mm. nobody knows that one. No, they don't. But I was like, that's how you know that Jeffrey's a huge Shakespeare nerd because he quotes Henry VIII. I mean, you're right. Or they just had a big book of Shakespeare quotes in the writer's room. No, we're, we're making it canon. Okay, okay. They have a conversation, though, about if he would kill himself. And he's like, man, it must be a great relief to be dead. Oh, wow. Look at that. We're in the to be or not to be speech right now. But it's like if Hamlet had someone to talk to during it. Also, Jeffrey is suicidal. Yeah. He literally says it must be a great relief. Like he's thought about it at the very least. He has suicidal ideations on the regular. 
But Oliver's there, and he gets to tell Jeffrey that being dead is not a relief. It feels like being forgotten, and it's not worth the effort. So there we go, guys. The answer, to be. Once they get past and decide that to be is the answer, there are a couple more things I want to mention that relate to Hamlet. They talk about Ellen, and Oliver's like, you didn't do this because you're crazy. You didn't start the fight. You did it because you have a strong erotic desire to possess Ellen still. Sure. And some people would say that about Gertrude and Hamlet. Because in this moment, she's kind of Gertrude. No, they're Hamlet and Ophelia. They are Hamlet and Ophelia, but I have to... But Megan, I'm going to connect this to Hamlet. Please. Jeffrey came into her room, his doublet all embraced, no hat upon his head, like Hamlet does That's to Ophelia. That's true. He did not have a hat. He did not have a hat. I'm sure his doublet wasn't fully braced. It was not. So, there you go. He came in crazed into her domicile and freaked yeah. her out. So, th- Or as Oliver defined it, you penetrated her home and exploded, you little horn dog. Why does Hamlet do this, Megan? In Hamlet? Yeah. To lend credence to his madness. Or. 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 He's very freaked out about the ghost and tries to go to someone who he thinks he can confide in, but doesn't know if he can trust her. But none of this is told to us, which I think is so interesting about that scene. I'm just going off on Hamlet. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only reason that I say that she's Gertrude in this moment is because we also find out in this moment that Oliver had sex with Ellen. Wild. And that brings us back to our Oliver is also Claudius little thing, which then kind of shoves Jeffrey into a Hamlet slash Hamlet senior role in this moment. Here's the thing, man. Oliver Wells is a terrible director. Oh, absolutely. Because Oliver says that having sex with Ellen wasn't about sex, it was about power. Yeah. Which is... Like, well, I'm gay, but she was the lead actress and I was the director. That's sexual assault. Yes. He sexually assaulted Ellen and ruined Jeffrey's life. Yep. He deserves to be in hell. Yes. Because he did it all with full knowledge of his actions. Yeah. I don't like this man. No. You know who else I don't like? Who? Claire. Claire, Claire, Claire with the hair? Why don't you like Claire? She's worse than Laertes and Polonius. Whoa. Like, if they were combined. Because she takes the role of both of them at the beginning of Hamlet to be like, Kate, you're a fool, and this is stupid. But instead of being like, because I love you and I'm worried he'll hurt you, She's like, because I think you're just trying to screw your way to the top and you should have talent instead and you're unprofessional and you're a fool. So I hate her because that really messes with Kate and that's not what Kate's doing. Yeah. Also, she's a bad actress. How dare she say that to Kate? Claire, not as bad as Oliver, though. Well, yeah, she's not sexually assaulting anyone. She just sucks. So Darren Nichols is back. He feels like he has lost all the respect of his company because they all wanted him to lose the duel and he cried in front of them. And he has two security guards with him. Oh my God, I hate him. This is a section of people I hate. Richard tries to calm him down. You know, that wasn't that bad. Which really it wasn't. It's not great that it happened He wasn't stabbed terribly. He got like touched in the arm. Yeah. Okay, but... Let me just think about it. If I was at a party and then suddenly someone threw a foil at me and said, take off the button and then stabbed me in the arm, I'd be really freaked out. But also, Darren Nichols interacted with him and initiated the fight. Yeah. He didn't attack an unarmed man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Darren was fighting back. He wasn't just like, this is wild. What are you doing? Okay. That's why Jeffrey isn't getting arrested. Yeah. So, after Richard fails to calm down Darren, they all enter the rehearsal scene. Everyone is whispering about what happened. And Darren comes in and Richard's like, listen, I know some bad things went down. And he starts it off really nice speech about how we need to come together as a company. And then he just like, (sighs) he just like torpedoes it into the ground by saying, You should be doing what you're paid to do. 
And I'm like, wow, you really don't know how to handle actors. This is what becomes clear. Jeffrey knows how to handle people one-on-one and knows how to handle the social aspects of the theater company. And Richard knows how to handle and manipulate the business aspects. Yeah. And they're terrible at the other, which makes them kind of a good team. And we'll see that kind of in season two, that that's kind of where that pans out. But rehearsal gets canceled because Darren is like, I'm out. Megan? Yeah. I need to talk about Alan. All of this speech is said and it ends in like a very uncomfortable silence. So Ellen, taking off her rockly weights in order to expose how fast she really is and strong against Gara, just goes, who are they? And points to the security guards. And when Richard explains that Darren requested them for his own protection, the entire theater company laughs at him and Darren leaves. And so that gives Jack and Kate a chance to screw. Good for them. They're the first ones out of there. They run, holding hands. I love love them. Okay, we're going to keep talking about things that have nothing to do with Hamlet because... uh, I'm sorry. We have to. So Jeffrey gets released from jail and who's out there waiting for him? Sloane, who punches him in the face. Oh, it's so good. Because he wants to defend his woman. He's her man. (laughs) And he thinks... That Jeffrey was doing some fucked up crazy ex-boyfriend shit. Great line. And then Jeffrey's like, no, it's because Darren disparaged Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. He called her boob saggy and gross. And Sloane's like, I don't get it. You're not with her. Why do you care? It's like, don't you love her? He's like, fucking A. Fucking A. (laughs) But Jeffrey explains this like hold that Ellen will have on people who care about her. It's like, if you feel the same way now as I did seven years ago, you're going to spend the rest of your life kicking other people's asses for her, whether you're with her or not. And Sloane's just like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I love how Jeffrey puts being in love as being, that's just how horrible life can be. Yes. (laughs) Really, really puts a microcosm on Jeffrey's outlook on existence. Love is a trap. (laughs) It is a drug, it is a trap, and you will never escape. And then Jeffrey goes and visits Ellen. And stranger danger, do not let a man do these things to you. Scare you when he knocks on your door and you look and he's bent over, crouched in order to scare you. Terrible way to start a conversation. Especially when it's like, hi, I, the last time you saw me, I was fighting someone in your house. He asked to come in. You say no, and then he comes in anyway. I don't believe in calling the police on people because I think that the police are bad. But like, call your friends or something. Call someone. Or leave and get somewhere safe. (laughs) Because boy entered your house without your permission and is going around looking at things, commenting on things, comments on the bed that you two used to sleep in and have sex in. And if all of that happens, I'm like, this is not a safe space for you, Alan. And then on top of that, he's just like, yeah, I see Oliver all the time. Do you? Leave, leave, (laughs) leave, leave. But interestingly enough, she thinks that she saw him once. Yeah. And he was so sad. And Jeffrey's like, don't worry, I doubt it was about your performance. It was probably the guilt. (laughs) Uh... But I find that interesting because it's not really brought up again. No. And so, like, we don't know if she actually did see him. There's no reason to assume that it wasn't him. I like that the show definitely toes the line of, like... Do we have proof that Oliver's there? Yes. I thought I might have seen him in the wings looking sad, but also I might have just been thinking about him. Time for our nunnery scene. This is the nunnery scene. So they had sex. Jack and Kate, not... Not Jeffrey and Ellen. Yes. Man, I'm glad this is before the 2010s when actors were required to take steroids and have a six pack. I know, right? Like, he doesn't have a bad body. He's hot. He's He's attractive. But this is like the 2000s and you're allowed to... He's allowed to be skinny hot. It's so wild to me because it's like he doesn't have a belly. He doesn't have abs. He just has a thin amount of fat on his body that many would consider healthy. Yeah. 
But yet, in today's standards, he would not be a movie star. He would need to get buff. And it's just so wild, the standards that we have set for men in the industry. We also get proof that he's Keanu. Yes. Because he says he's trying to do a film called Montana Untitled to give him legitimacy. I love this. I love that this scene is him talking about the movies that he could take or the movies that he is performing in and the opportunities that have come to him and have been denied to him because of his status. And all of this is post-coital and they are just like hanging out. And with all of that, stewing in Kate's mind is Claire's statement about her sleeping with Jack just to get ahead. And... The more that she hears that he's actually this huge successful actor who's like playing opposite Madonna and things, she's like, oh my God, she must be right. You see her freaking out. And as she vocalizes this to Jack, his face just falls. And he's like, that's really insulting. And it's this really tense moment. And Kate's just like, I got to think about this. I need to know why I'm actually in this. I loved it, though. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and she leaves. And something I pointed out to Megan that Megan did not notice is Jack is whistling random tunes during this scene, like at the beginning, like right after they've had sex. And that is the tune that Kate will later use to sing her Ophelia songs. Claire talks about sense memory and how she utilizes that sense memory of being stoned in order to simulate Ophelia's madness. This has come up later, but I'm using it as a point now. What Claire is using is sense memory of this very tense and emotional moment that she had after having sex. She's using sense memory correctly in tying Ophelia's madness to a moment where she didn't know what she was doing with her life and questioning her motives because she just says maybe i am sleeping with you because you're just a movie star which is very untrue but everything that's going on with her life is pointing her in that direction like everyone's telling me this and i see why they think it so maybe it is true but it's not because you have agency yeah unlike ophelia darren gets fired yeah jeffrey fires darren darren's like thank god (laughs) i actually love this scene between the two because it's not filled with like super animosity which is hilarious because it's like all right now that we've gotten that duel out of our systems i'm gonna do you a favor man i'm I'm firing you oh thank god i'm sick of being stabbed i'm sick of being in this place (laughs) i'm gonna go to germany where they appreciate me and you do get a sense of just gentlemanly hatred for each other yes they've reached an understanding after this fight and you know who's there waiting for him outside the theater as he leaves? Sloane, who Sloan, punches him son. in the face. Final round. Good, he deserves it. An important aspect that we haven't mentioned is that um, Holly is boxing May out of the board by not telling her about meetings, etc., etc. So it looks like May is incompetent. And using her own words against her. Yeah. That doesn't have a correlation in Hamlet, but it seems very Shakespearean. Well, she's poisoning the board member's ears while May is sleeping. (laughs) Megan, tell me not that that is not something that you would say if you found the connection. (laughs) Tell me not. (laughs) Tell me not, Megan. No, she's just doing some Lady Macbeth shit. It's terrible, and I hate Holly, and May makes me sad. I I like May. They've worked very hard to make me like her. All of this stress causes May to have a heart attack and collapse in the board meeting. Moving on, next episode, Megan. A mirror up to nature. Oh, like like Hamlet. Wait, that's not Hamlet, is it? Yeah, yeah. He says that Oh, like when he's talking to the players, he's yeah. like, theater is a mirror up to nature. Like in Hamlet. Like hold a mirror up to nature, blah, blah, blah. Remember blah, blah, like blah, in blah, Hamlet? Blah. Like in Hamlet. So Jeffrey goes to the hospital to visit May. Then he's just like talking to her and she just wants to know how the Hamlet's doing. I don't know who May would be in Hamlet. I don't think there is a May in Hamlet. I think Hamlet would be a lot better off if there was a May. No, May is King Hamlet. No. No. May is. No, May is not Fortinbras. Were you about to say that? That makes literally no sense. I was going to say that. That makes no sense. May is... 
May is the divine right of kings. <laughs> she did make Jeffrey yes. next in line. Even though it doesn't happen in Hamlet because of the whole Claudius. May May is May. So anyway, Richard comes in just as May is about to tell Jeffrey that Richard is behind everything. And Jeffrey's like, well, Richard, apparently she wants to talk to you. But no, she was trying to tell you something, Jeffrey. And then Richard goes up to her and is like, oh, man, I'm so sorry for what happened. But honestly, Holly means well. boop a doop a doop boop theme song. Oh, my theme God. Song. This is very defending Polonius. Polonius is a good guy. What are you talking about, Megan? In Hamlet rehearsals, Jack is not reading the Hamlet lines. Yes. Because he doesn't want to say them until they feel right. And I think that suits Hamlet yeah. so well because Hamlet is obsessed with the concept of seeming versus being. Yes. And he's like, I don't want to seem Hamlet. I want to be Hamlet. So I'm not ready to say the correct lines. I'll say the gist of them and what feels right until I can internalize it. And it's terrible for other people, but I respect it in a way. Mainly in the way that he is a method actor and is very on point for Hamlet. I would hate to work with it, though. Yeah, he's afraid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Ellen is not giving Jack anything. Yeah, because she says he's not giving her anything because she doesn't hear the words. Sybil update number two. Okay. Claire runs her fingers down Sybil's cage. What a bitch. (laughs) That is so mean. That scares Sybil. How dare you, Claire? You're a monster, and I hope you die. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to tell you she's in the other two seasons, Megan. No. But you know what? She's bad at acting. We get the famous Claire, Claire, Claire with the hair scene, where, as we mentioned a moment ago, she's using her sense memory of being stoned to be madness. Megan, she could have just been a bad actress, but she's also a, just like, well, I'm doing it this way. She, she's also just a horrid person. Yes, because Jeffrey's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm not mad. I'm sorry, I'm not like you. Besides, there's nothing for me to work with. She's just singing nonsense songs. Like, that's the other thing is she doesn't Get have it? literacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Her literacy levels are none pizza with left beef. And so Jeffrey explains to her what's happening. And why Ophelia is singing this. Yeah. And what she's going through. And he says it beautifully. And it's so sad. And then as we see her in the background, she she hasn't absorbed any of what he said. And Richard pulls him away. Because Richard's like, um, excuse you, I need the season from you right now. Which he told Holly last episode he was going to do and put to the last minute so that Jeffrey would fumble. And then Jeffrey's like, all right, here. Here's a season. I will have to say, I think this is a bad season that Jeffrey Okay, yeah. Does. Let's go through it. Okay. Electra. Fine. Pericles. Horrid play. Horrid. Also, there are three Shakespeare plays in this, and Pericles is one of them? For a Shakespeare company? Only uh, three? Uh, in the se- and one is Pericles. Uh, continue. Okay. I want to comment on that. Mother Courage. Sure. Don Carlos. Sure. Tempest. Is that your big draw? It would have to be. I would name the rest. That's, that, that was my point about the Shakespeare ones. Murder in the Cathedral. Okay. Troilus and Cressida. That's all the Shakespeare. A brand new Canadian play by Judith Thompson. Do We, Do we dare? dare? And Blythe Spirit. Blythe Spirit. Nice light comedy. <laughs> People know it. Yeah. You have one Shakespeare that's bad. One that is not well known. And one that is like the lowest of the well-knowns. Yeah. I think you have a bad season. But he's just like, yeah, fine, here's a season. He's able to give a season when Richard thinks he won't be able to, but it's bad. So while they're talking, Sybil has gotten out of the cage probably because Claire messed up the cage by running her nails down it and scared Claire, good for Sybil. Claire fell off the stage, broke her leg. Well, there is a hint that Oliver did it. That's true. Because Jeffrey says, can't you do something about her? Right, and then later he's like, why would you do that, Oliver? And I'm like, you literally asked him to. (laughs) Jack is sweet because he's just like talking to Kate and he's like, I'm glad that that happened to Claire. And she's like, why would you say that? And he said, because I hate her and she's terrible and you would have to take her place. Great. And I love it because still 
Kate is the understudy. This has been said. But Kate's like, no, they're going to bring someone else in. The good thing is we found out last scene that there's a budget deficit for this play. They don't have a budget. Right. So it's just can't... so weird to me because, like, she is the understudy. Yeah. I but mean, she's st- so convinced that they're going to bring in someone else. I mean, but how Ophelia is that? Exactly. And she's just like, that would never happen because that's literally my dream come true since I was 12. Kate, that's kind of fucked up. Just saying. You should want to be Hamlet. Megan, that's fucked up. (laughs) When you're 12, okay, here's what you should do when you're 12. Watch cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) Richard gives his season to the board and it's got three musicals and no one's surprised because that's what he was talking about. Yeah, sure. It is not the season that Jeffrey gave him though. And then we get a scene with Jeffrey and Oliver talking about what they're going to do with the budget because they need to make a decision. And Oliver brings up the idea of throwing out everything and Jeffrey brings up a historical Hamlet that did that. And Jeffrey's just really stressed out. So Oliver gives him a head massage and tells him to sleep because he needs sleep because he hasn't been sleeping. Care keeps his watch in every old man's eye, which is from Romeo and Juliet. Also, it's a weird pseudo-sexual, psychosexual thing going on here that I think is interesting because it's clear that Oliver is in love with Jeffrey. And then Jeffrey has a dream where he is butted naked and pyrotechnics fly up from the floor and people clap. See, bare naked is good. Not having things is good. It's fiery. Fire is orgasm. Fire is life. Fire is creation. You know what's life to me? What? That we get a second take of the cream and sugar joke with Anna. Man, what kind of coffee am I drinking? Black. Cream and sugar? Yeah, black. So Jeffrey is reinvigorated. He goes to rehearsal and he basically tells them that the new concept of the show is be yourself. Anachronisms don't matter. Wear whatever you want. Shakespeare didn't care about anachronisms, so we won't either. And again, this is a very Hamlet reading. This is how Hamlet would put on Hamlet. Be yourself. Don't seem, etc. And Ella is just annoyed by this. Because she's been brainwashed into thinking you need big set, big costume, And big they money. had that. And they had that. Yeah. But she also doesn't know the intricacies of how much Richard is trying to fuck them. Which we get because Richard goes to her house to try to be like, wow, isn't Jeffrey just terrible? If you complained, uh, we would take your complaint seriously at the board. We could get rid of him completely. And Ellen does not talk to cops. <laughs> Instead, she says the Zaz getting cold. Oh, well, because Sloan brought a pizza. I just need to mention that $20 for a pizza that large is really cheap and he probably over because Richard asks how much is it because Richard thinks that Sloan is a pizza delivery boy and Sloan says 20 bucks, probably less than 20 bucks. I don't know how much a Pizza Hut pizza was back then because that's the box that he's holding. But it's a large Pizza Hut pizza from 2003. I'm not looking that up. Damn. But yeah, so she ends the conversation with the Zaz getting cold and leaves Richard out. The Zaz getting cold. (laughs) Back at rehearsals, we get more of Ellen's not giving anything. And yes, she is terrible. She has no heart in it. But I have to respect her ability to know where she is in the scene without her cues. Oh, I mean, she's a good actress. I can't do that. If someone messes up the line that's my cue, I will not know what's next. I mean, that's why that method is bad, because you would need a script in your hand the whole time. Yeah. But Ellen knows. Ellen, Ellen just, knows I mean, Ellen play. does ask, like, are you done? <laughs> so Only she once. Could, yeah. But that's because she just doesn't know if he's done translating it. Otherwise, yes. she's she's fine. She's Well, because it's also a part where I think it's a long speech, and he says two lines. Yeah. And she's like, oh, is that it? Okay, I guess I'll start then. <laughs> Which I would just be like, I have no idea what lawyer in the scene we are. Granted, if I was the director, I would say, okay, let's run it once. Ellen, you do what he does. Yeah. Let's just do this as an experiment. You do what he does just to get that energy. And I want you to use energy instead of just saying the lines. Because I know you know the lines, Ellen. It's clear that you know. I'm sorry, I'm being a director. Because that's how I would talk to her. I'd be like... I know you know the lines and I know that you can do it. So let's do it the other way. Just so we can have some connection on the stage. Yeah, and work on the relationship and energy. She blows up finally and is just like, I'm getting nothing from this. What do you expect me to do? He's giving me nothing. He's doing nothing. And then Jeffrey yells at Ellen 
much deserved about how she doesn't respect anyone at the theater when she stops leaving rehearsals to have a smoke break and shows up to rehearsals on time then maybe and, and sending the stage manager out for cookies and coffee for her like that's not her job yeah maybe just maybe then she could speak for the group but until then she shouldn't which is true yeah she could speak for herself as an actress i respect that if she says, I need to have the words on stage for me to react properly, that's fair, I think. Yeah. But when she says, like, we're all scared. We're all scared. We have no Hamlet. Yeah. When he's sitting right there. Yep. Like, you can't do that. You can't disparage your lead in front of everyone and the lead. So then they take a break. Because and obviously that's very tense. <laughs> and Richard is like, I'm taking away your entire previews week. And Jeffrey goes to strangle Richard, which I love. He just, like, puts his hand around his throat, threatens him, which I love. And he doesn't get any comeuppance for it, which is great. Yeah. And Jeffrey goes and does the thing that Jeffrey's best at, which is he goes and talks to Jack. Well, because now there's a time crunch. There's a time crunch. Jack's freaking out because he just got called out mm -hmm. by a senior actress in the company for not being Hamlet. And he's like, talk to me. What's the deal? And Jack explains that when he says the to be or not to be speech, that everyone in the world knows the audience will stop watching the play and they'll be comparing it to every great actor who's ever said it. And he'll just be a guy acting instead of Hamlet. Yeah, Jeffrey says, well, isn't Hamlet just a guy acting? And I was like, are you Megan, Jeffrey? Making connections between <laughs> the play and the adaptation. And then Jack's just like, yeah, well, no, well, I, mm, I, mm. and Jeffrey's like, okay, you need to know if he's acting in this moment. You need to be specific. You need to decide if he knows that Polonius and Claudius are behind that curtain. And then we don't know what the answer is. Right, you know, he's so clear, right? Can't you tell by the tinkling music that plays when he starts saying the to be or not to be speech? Isn't that clear that that means he's a good actor? Isn't it clear when the camera then follows Jeffrey and Oliver because literally he's just sitting the entire speech? And it, okay, so he does the to be or not to be speech because Jeffrey's like, we want to prove to everyone that you can do this. One, they put the music in the background to make it sound better than it is. Two, he's sitting the whole time, and that's boring. So what the camera does is instead follows Jeffrey and Oliver as they walk around the stage. So we don't just get a shot of Jack sitting and saying the speech. Three, we go into this headspace imagination where he's in a costume on a throne saying it, which isn't what's happening and also isn't what the play's gonna be because he's not wearing an old-time costume on a throne. So I don't like that they did that because I'd imagine this moment to be we're seeing what the production will be like. And by putting him in an old time costume on a throne, you're not doing that. Or you show exactly what it is, which is a guy on the stage with no one else doing the monologue. And then you show his fellow cast members. Be like, oh, wow, he's doing it. But instead, it's, it's a lot of set dressing. Which is frustrating because that's literally the opposite of the point of what this Hamlet's supposed to be. Yes. It's the worst decision I think the show makes this oh, season. Oh, Megan, agreed 100%. It's wild. It's bad. Bad choice. Um, and anyways, I don't know what Jack is saying, and he's not doing it very well. And No, uh, Terry was better. Yeah. Terry's the guy who did the Macbeth speech in that seminar. Jeffrey also has a really weird line at the end of rehearsal, where he's just like, well, if it makes anyone feel any better, I think this play is the single greatest achievement in Western art, so we've got that going for us. What does that mean? What are you supposed to do with that? It's just very much like, I don't know, that line rubs me wrong. Every single time. He says that right before the dress rehearsal. The only dress rehearsal they get before opening. And Richard walks up to Jack. I hate him. And he just goes, don't worry about being a good actor. And no one expects you to be. It's just like Jeffrey Tennant says, you'll sell seats no matter what. Which is not what Jeffrey Tennant says. So Holly goes to visit May and puts a giant Shakespeareville... Shakespeare land, whatever the heck her theme park idea is, model onto May and talks her into a coma. 
stops oxygen from getting to her brain by putting a large maquette on her chest and then causing her to hyperventilate by saying, we'll have a smaller theater dedicated to all the greats who came before us, like Oliver Wells and May, who's going to be dead. Terrifying. I hate Holly. And at the end of the performance of Hamlet, Jack runs out. Of course he does. Just like Jeffrey. However, different than Jeffrey, because Jeffrey did not continue until the end of the play. And Jack pulled the hell through. And I am very proud of that boy. Yeah, that is professional. I mean, it's not professional to it is more professional. Yes. (laughs) I really wanted to be like a history repeats itself thing. Like that's what they're doing with that. Kind of. It's not really a theme in Hamlet. No. Episode six, playing the swan, like the theater called the swan which is the name of the theater here and also in the past. Isn't that a Shakespeare quote too? Othello, Amelia. Oh, I'll play the swan and die in music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yes. It's about May dying. <laughs> no, she no, doesn't die. She doesn't die. Here's the point I want to make. If May died, actually, the plot of the TV show would go in a completely different direction. Yes. Her being in a coma, we could just not deal with that. We just leave her there. The fact that Jeffrey doesn't like... Go to her? Yes, is wild. Yeah. They're (laughs) like, she's practically his mother figure. Ah, she's in a coma. Ah, fuck it. And Megan, that's the last we see of May in this entire series. Yeah. So if you're looking for May in season two and three... Sorry. Go Go home. Go home, because you're not going to see her. Probably the second worst decision that the show made in this season after the Jack to be or not to be one is made just doesn't matter anymore. So everyone's freaking out at the new Burbage Theater Festival because Jack is missing. Maria's like, everyone, please just stay by your phone. Please. We'll call you. If anything happens. And Ellen is mad and she goes to talk to Jeffrey, but he is in his office with the door closed. And Anna's like, can you give him a few minutes? He's going to go talk to no one. Uh, just give him a minute to do that. And he yells for Oliver to show up because everything's going tits up. Then we cut to Kate trying to find Jack, and she goes to the landlady of the house he's at. Man. And the landlady's like, he's probably overdosed. Oh, he's not. Okay, well, I've seen so many overdoses. And well, I'm like, what is with these NPCs, these background characters who are like, I've seen a lot of death. I think it's like a Canadian humor thing, like from British humor. Yeah. Because like it's very British humor to be like, Oh, he's probably dead. If he's not dead, he's with another woman. I'm traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeffrey and Oliver have a long talk. And there are a lot of things happening in this scene. One, Jeffrey blames Oliver for everything. Fair. Fair. Honestly, fair. The only thing I would not blame Oliver for is his correct choice to release Sybil to injure Claire. We never see Sybil again, though, I don't think. Do we? No. So that worries me. Yeah, she's fine. He left. He's living in Las Vegas. Love it. (laughs) Love it. So Jeffrey blames Oliver for what happened with Jack, like he did with Claire. And Oliver's like, no, no, I would never. He's your Hamlet. He's your Hamlet. And you see something in him. Oliver admits that the manipulation that he did to Ellen and Jeffrey was not good theater. Yeah. And Oliver admits that he wasn't a mentally well individual. You know what this is similar to to me? What? When Hamlet is talking about Hamlet Sr. and says he was a man. Yeah, but Megan, we have a different interpretation of that line than most of society does. I know. Anyway, I agree with you, Megan. Yeah. I just need to state that I hate that I think of that as an interpretation that no one else does. Well, I think everyone else is wrong then, and only people who agree with us should listen to this part. He was a man. I was a man. Megan, does everyone else in the world have a good relationship with their father? No. (laughs) Then why is this interpretation? This is for all the people who have strained relationships with their dads. He was a man. It is also subtly hinted in this scene that Oliver loved Jeffrey. In more than just a... Yeah, he's like, I had issues with, with you. you. And Jeffrey's just like... Doo, 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 doo. He <laughs> Oblivious loved, straight boy. He was in love with you. That was super clear. 
they did a lot of productions together. Oliver was gay and lonely and didn't have anyone, but he had you and he had Ellen. They don't say it outright. No, he had issues with him. Yep. Ellen talks to Jeffrey and Jeffrey's like, you want to know why I lost it? You want to know why I had to leave that night? Because you had sex with Oliver. Also, he calls it the original sin. And I was like, no, the original sin is uh, eating an apple that God told you not to. She ate his apple. His gay apple. You know what I mean? (laughs) Took a big bite out of his apple. Stems and leaves, baby. Anyway, Holly's terrible. She Lady Macbeth's Richard. She asks him if he's a man. Slaps him and then fucks him. She like ostensibly killed a person. Yes, May's in a coma now. Yeah. And then she insulted Richard and then had her way with him. Yep. Jeffrey is drinking with Ellen mm-hmm. and he says, my office is rank. It smells to heaven, which is funny because the line is my offense is rank. It smells to heaven. That's that's a Claudius prayer line. Yeah. Office offense. offense. Mwah. <laughs> Stupid. I love it. And then Ellen confides in him that she was actually really excited for this show. It was like old times. It was actually good theater. And then Jeffrey's like, yeah, you were going to be such a great Gertrude because you're so alike. You're both willing victims of your own sexuality. You live to be objects of desire. You're as happy with a good king as a bad king. Doesn't matter. The key word here, of course, is object, because once you allow yourself to be objectified, you will be trundled in and out of light like a prop or will get caught up in someone's politics and be forced to drink from the poison chalice or worst fate of all, you will be dumped by your teenaged boyfriend. Jeffrey mean. Mean Jeff. Okay. If Jeffrey was here from yesterday, he'd have punched you in the face. Or gotten out foils and stabbed you. Also, this is a very uncharitable interpretation of the character of Gertrude. As though she had agency in her own objectification. Like, come on. She wasn't a bimbo. If she was, I'd respect her for it. I hate the phrase, allowing yourself to be objectified. The people who objectify you are the ones with the agency there. Men objectify women women don't allow themselves to be objectified yeah you can push back against or choose to be like you can choose to make yourself an object of desire but you can't objectify yourself well you can you you can't allow allow yourself to be that's the wording is incorrect it implies agency in the objectification i want to see a bimbo gertrude Sure. I've never seen one. Well, who just doesn't care? Who doesn't care and is like, yeah, I'm sexy. I'd watch this Gertrude that he's talking about if it was agency and not just, oh, she allows herself to be objectified, whatever that means. Yeah. If we pulled a Lady Macbeth on Gertrude, but without the malice and just with the like, the problem is Gertrude, I'll be a sugar baby. There's not enough of Gertrude in it's order true. to do this. Gertrude is a victim. She is. All the women in Hamlet are victims. Yes. All two of them. Every single two of them. So then Jeffrey walks Ellen through what happened that night. And what happened the night that he left was, so when they got to the jumping in Ophelia's grave Mm -hmm. scene, he looked into the wings and saw Ellen watching. And she was like, I love to watch you act. And he's like, that's a bad habit. It's a bad habit. And then he said the next line that I loved Ophelia, 40,000 brothers could not make up my sum of love or whatever that line is. He said it to her instead of to the actors. And I will also say his reading of that line is the canonical reading of that line in my head. I have been disappointed by every single performance of Hamlet I've ever seen because they have never said it like him. It's good. It's a good reading. And then he was just like, why'd you fuck me? Why'd you sleep with him? And then he left, and apparently the play tried to continue, but you can only go so far in Hamlet before you hit a speech. And then he says he would have cut his throat, but you're not allowed to do that in front of the subscribers. (laughs) Another suicide joke. And we see Ellen in the wings sobbing, and then we cut to her house because Jeffrey had gone to try to talk to her, and he saw her and oliver in an embrace but it's very obviously she's crying and he's like oh my god stop crying like he's also in pain 
we also find out that she saw him mm-hmm. outside her door. All of these things are being revealed. <sighs> and she tried to kill herself that night. By jumping into a lake, but if the lake was like two feet high. Not even. Oh no, it's it's like one foot. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also very Ophelia and Hamlet. Ophelia is not okay when Hamlet leaves. Like no. it's so easy for Hamlet to think, I'm the one in pain, but that affects the people who care about you. And it isn't until Ophelia is dead when he comes back that he regrets leaving her. Yeah. In other news, Kate found Jack. He was at the tree that they slept under when they didn't have sex. Because he couldn't leave. He just couldn't bring himself to leave entirely. Because he's a good boy. And then Ellen and Jeffrey go on swan boats and they see Kate and Jack and then they hide. Because they're like, I do not want them to see us. I love this moment where Ellen just goes like, what if we just quit? What if I never became an actor? What if I got really good at baking? And then he says you'd be the bakery queen and you would be constantly late. You'd be petty and argumentative and everyone would hate you. But the people, they would still line up to buy your tarts. Uh, Like, here's the thing. I don't like Jeffrey. I don't like Jeffrey and I don't like Ellen. But like, they belong together. Yeah. They don't see it right now. Yeah. It's clear that they belong together. It's time for Hamlet. Jack is back. Holly is he back okay (laughs) he's all right right? let's shout I hate Holly so much yeah that when she bumps into Claire who's on crutches I hate Holly more you're just like that how dare dare you you. run into Claire (laughs) Jack and Jeffrey have a conversation about what made Jack leave and they actually just openly talk thank god for communication And they talk about how hard it is to be an actor because you completely rely on other people to do your job. And the odds are dealing and relying on all those people, someone's eventually going to screw you over. Like Richard. And then Jeffrey's a good director because he's like, would you like some notes? Just blocking. I just want to know if you're up for it. Otherwise, like, it's fine. Whatever. Jeff's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll take it. He specifically says, I want to give you some blocking notes. I just want to make sure you're seen. Which is, of course, to make us think of the dream when Oliver had Ellen's back to the audience and didn't care. Yeah, he cares about the details. He cares about the details. And also, Jack doesn't know what finding your light means, which is very funny. Oh my god, he's like, yeah, I've just always nodded when you said it. And Jeffrey's like, light is hot. But it's funny because it's like, well, Jack's used to just being like, okay, walk up to this mark on the ground and then say your line. Yeah. And then we'll do seven takes of it. Just like that, instead of like, you need to be here at this moment and you need to remember, I being an actor is so difficult. <laughs> I don't like doing it, but you need to know where you're supposed to be, who says what before you and who says what after you. And also pay attention to the audience. And, and the lights. And the lights. And the angle of your face so that the audience can hear you no matter what direction you're facing. As well as interpreting the text in your own way all very difficult i love that everyone in the production knows about richard's saboteuring yes they're completely shutting him out i love it they're like you can't be back here you shouldn't be back here we don't want to hear from you goodbye goodbye now i'm like too late you can't go to your seat you have to go through the paint room and up through the front doors and at that point you're still gonna have to wait until intermission yep which forces richard to watch from the wings can we talk about the six soliloquies? Yes. Because Jeffrey tells Jack, in order to make these people happy, you just need to nail the six soliloquies. So think of the play. Don't think of it as this huge thing. Think of it as six soliloquies and the rest is silence. And Jack says, I think there's some dialogue in between and it is hilarious to me. Jeffrey's just like, filler. Yeah. I have a couple of notes. One. I have of late and wherefore I know not lost all my mirth is essential. Not mentioned in the six soliloquies because it's not a soliloquy, but I have of late and wherefore I know not lost all my mirth is essential. I think you can replace that. Like, take out it is the very witching time of night. Like, don't count that in the six. Yes, it is a soliloquy, but I think there are still six. But I have of late is there instead of it is the very witching time of night. I agree with this change. Yes. Because I'm like, it is the witching time of night. Not important. It's like five lines. Not important. The only reason I care about it is because the word witch is in it. Yeah. It's not important. 
that's my notes on that because I'm just like, no, I think that bit is really important. I also think, I don't know, I think him talking to the actors, uh, I have several moments where I think are kind of more important than some of the soliloquies. Yeah. But also, like, the entire nunnery scene doesn't count. Yes. Uh, like, uh, it's fine. N- okay. My other note is 40,000 brothers doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> my thing is. I think it's only one soliloquy that you have to nail to make everyone happy. You just have to do to be or not to be well, and then people will be like, that was a pretty okay Hamlet. Yeah. It's their baseline. You don't need to nail the six. You can do one badly. Yeah. If it was the witching time of night and you did that badly, I don't think people would care. I think if you forgot to come on stage for that, no one would care. <laughs> I, I agree. So anyway, the Hamlet happens. Jeffrey is backstage, like going to all the places where Jack will come out to give him notes and like, all right, you're ready. You're ready. You've got this. This is what you're going to do. Remember, this is your headspace. And for the to be or not to be one, Jack just says, I know this one. I'm like, no, you don't. What I like more (laughs) is when he's like, I'm going to throw up. And Jeffrey says, use, use it. it. <laughs> which well, means... Especially it's for the first one, which I think yeah. is, is true. Yes. Hamlet wants to throw up. Hamlet wants to throw up. Like, yeah. And then we start showing Ophelia stuff, which of course is Rachel McAdams. It's Kate. And everyone's like, she's good. I'm like, yeah, it's almost like she's a great actor. It's almost like she blows up in about two years after this season of TV and becomes a major motion picture star. I'm so glad they don't use the motivating background music throughout any of this. No. Thank God. And also, Kate's good. Well, I don't mean just in Kate's. Like, at all, Yeah. we don't get the tinkling music. Yeah, but Kate, still... Kate is, she's so good. She's so good. I like that we see two things of hers. We see her scene after Hamlet comes and visits her in the middle of the night. Great showcase of her. Yes. And then we see the, the madness scene. The madness scene. With her singing, and she's great. Yes. We get to see Claire in the audience, and Claire's tearing up. Claire's just like, she's better than me. It's kind of just an admission. And Basil is enjoying the show, the critic. Yeah. And Richard. Oh. Richard is enthralled. I probably wouldn't cry if I saw this Hamlet. I think I would cry at Ophelia. I might cry at Ophelia. And then he'd say 40,000 brothers line, not like Jeffrey, and I'd be like, uh. I don't think I'd like this Hamlet, the character. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I like that Jeff says the lines to himself backstage because he knows Hamlet. It affected his life greatly. Niall, once again, is just like, ah, this is what's happening in the show. And Everyone's I'm like, like, yes. The black man custodian knows Shakespeare. I'm like, this is weird. Don't do this. When we see the clip of Gertrude's Closet, Sloan is so amazed by how talented his girl is. I love it. I think she's doing really well, too. Yeah. Also, Ellen is also crying at the Ophelia madness scene. Yeah. The fact that they have the person you replaced and your predecessor cry, it's like, oh, she good. I mean, later she says, that little fucker, she's better than me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Richard's crying at the end. Everything's good. Ellen kisses Jeffrey as she leaves the stage. And I'm like, whoa, you hold up. <laughs> That's not okay, but okay. But also it's like a theater thing. I don't know. Megan, I, I Ma- know a lot of people in my mom's generation. They did that a lot. They just like kiss each other as actors. Okay. Here's my thing, Megan. I do think it might be a case of, well, if you want them together, it's okay if adultery is no. there. No. That happens a lot in fiction. It does. It's like, it's okay. Adultery is okay if you want them to be together. Uh, oh, ne- we, wait, wait. We find out that Terry was in the play. Yeah. Good for him. He probably just had one line. Even so, he was just a Megan, they needed guy. to close that loop because Terry disappeared for like the last three episodes. It's like, what happened to that guy who was good at Shakespeare and then was going to have sex? My next note, Megan. Yeah. I stopped taking notes. I got so engrossed in the play that I was like, I'm not, whoops, I'm not taking notes. So what happens, Marquez, as I'm sure you remember even without notes, Yeah. Richard is like, oh my God, Jeffrey, that was amazing. And Jeffrey's just like, yeah, it's going to do badly. Critics are not going to like it. It's Jack Cruz Hamlet at the end of the day. Isn't that what you said, you asshole? And Richard's just like, they can't ignore what happened on the stage tonight. And Jeffrey's like, what did happen, Richard? And Richard's like, 
I don't know. I'm new to this. I'm new here. And then he's like, well, come back. We, Join we, us again. We have eight performances a week. Matinees on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wednesdays and Saturdays. To be fair, that's weird and I didn't take notes. Jeffrey talks to Ellen in her dressing room. And she talks about how good Claire is and then how she's getting older. And Jeffrey is like, yeah, whatever. And he, she's like, don't make me play the nurse. And he's like, no, no, you've got years before that still. I was thinking Cleopatra. He says when Antony and Cleopatra and Julius Caesar both were not part of his proposal for the season. Well, maybe Cleopatra's going to be in the Tempest now. I, I've done a new cut. Oh, wait. The new Canadian production I'm going to have be about Cleopatra. No, it's Richard changed it and put Antony and Cleopatra because that is a more popular play than Charles and Cressida and Pericles. I'd rather see Charles and Cressida, though. But you can't have Charles and Cressida and Antony and Cleopatra in the same season. We can't count in any poll involving Charles and Cressida because we like I know. You keep saying we're special. We are special, Megan. Richard breaks up with Holly. Yeah! Good. Thank God. He's like, you are terrible. And we will see the fallout from this in season two. Holly does not show up again, though. But there is fallout. And we end it with Ellen and Jeffrey pouring the ashes of Oliver in that little river that is so important to everything. With swans there. And he says, I am a signet to this pale swan, which is from King John. And then the swans eat the ashes because that's what happens. Remember, Polonius is at dinner where he is eaten. Swans eat the ashes. Sure. That's the end of season one. We did it, man. Let's do this uh, post. Post Postmortem? Yes. It's not my favorite season of the show. No, but. It's a great introduction. I think it has the most about. Theater is a drug. Oh, a thousand percent. And That's as, a main theme. And as someone who misses theater so much, that part gets to me a lot. Also, I love Kate. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, if you don't know, Kate's in one more episode of the show and then never again. Yeah, it's because Rachel McAdams uh, blew up. <laughs> had a huge career literally right after the show. So what do we think of this as not really an, like a somewhat adaptation, Hamlet-inspired thingy i think it's hard because it's not a direct inspiration but at the same time they cover a lot of the themes of hamlet yes really well it's just that there's no like one-to-one character correlation i think kate and jack are very much who they are yes in hamlet and ophelia but then sometimes jeffrey's hamlet and ellen's ophelia and ellen's gertrude and ellen's gertrude and jeffrey's hamlet senior and Oliver is Hamlet Sr. and Claudius, but we can still pull those moments and know what it's referencing. Correct. So I think it's brilliant. No, it is very good. It's weird because I I, I can't, I don't feel comfortable saying that it's like a great adaptation because it's not. But you feel the inspiration almost every step of the way. Megan? Yeah. I was going to ask... What the hell Rachel McAdams has been up to lately? And then I realized that she was in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, a movie I watched, but her presence there is entirely forgettable. She is a secondary character. Yeah. And it's just like, give her something better to do. She deserves it. Should we do our favorite moment from the last half of the season? Yes. And mine's easy. Mine is also easy for me. Okay. My favorite moment is Jeffrey explaining Ophelia to Claire. Great moment, Megan. Top moment. Top moment. Mine is the Zaz getting cold. <laughs> she says it with such elegance. And I think it just works entirely as a joke. It does. Oh, and my other favorite one, Megan, is coffee. Yeah, black. Cream and sugar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah black. Because it's done a second time. <laughs> Do you want to know what I think Shakespeare would say if he saw Slings and Arrows season one? Yeah, I do. I I think he would say, I love thee best, oh most best, believe it. Like Naruto? Believe it! I do. It's from the Hamlet letter to Ophelia that Hamlet doesn't read and Ophelia doesn't read. 
Roger Ebert didn't doesn't, review. Doesn't do Canadian TV shows? Yeah. Is there a Canadian TV show version of Roger Ebert? No. Roger Ebert? <laughs> I like that. He's French Canadian. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to mention on this? MVP. Oh, duh. MVP. It's Rachel McAdams. It's Rachel Kate. McAdams. It's Rachel McAdams' Kate. She's so good. God, I love her. Oh, man, imagine the alternate reality where she did three full seasons of Slings and Arrows. It'd be a problem for me and my heart. Megan, what would you rate Slings and Arrows season one? I would rate it 40,000 brothers Nice. out of seven lost preview performances. This is a big number. <laughs> That's more than 100% by a lot. By a lot. Okay. I, it's not fully accurate. There are issues, <laughs> but... Uh, I just... Yeah, that's fair. I like it a lot. It Mm -hmm. means a lot to me. Yeah. Marquez, what would you rate Slings and Arrows Season 1? I would rate it the two times that Anna asked Jeffrey how he likes his coffee over the two times that the Zaz getting cold was said in the show. (laughs) My two favorite moments. It's both said twice. I mean... They are both said twice, technically. And mine is a lower rating than yours is at 100%. (laughs) Rather than, I don't know, like... Let's find out. <laughs> okay. 5,714.29%. Wow, Megan, you really like Slings and Arrow <laughs> Season 1. I would hate to hear your rating of Slings and Arrow Season 3. <laughs> it sucks because it's not going to be as high. Because <laughs> no. there isn't a line from Lear about 40,000 or higher. Nope. All right, I think that's just about going to do it for us here on Avant Bard. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really liked what you heard, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash Avant Bard Pod. We also have a new website at bit.ly slash Avant Bard. Bloopers for this episode will be posted on Patreon next week. But until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at avantbardpod. Fuck me, Blue, we're done. (laughs)